Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Change Podcast. Glad you are with us today for volume dos. So we're just getting uh, just getting started trying to uh, trying to get our legs with this and trying to figure out exactly, you know, what y'all want, what y'all need and what we feel like the Holy Spirit is asking us to communicate. So just to uh, touch on really, really briefly last week. Our last time we got together, we had a uh, we were talking to Brent Stone. Hi, Brent. How are you this morning? I'm great. Hope everyone's doing well. We were uh, we were talking about Brent's story, and Brent has had um, had an encounter with uh, our Lord and Savior, and it's been a substantial transformation in his life. And so, what we're hoping to do is to communicate that with all of you. Um, in hopes that it will encourage you, but also in hopes that it will um, maybe challenge you um, to, to push deeper into your relationship with, uh, with Jesus. And um, it's, a, it's a really, really unique space. Um, the prior podcast, we talked a little bit about Brent's story and where he's at and what he was coming from and, and you know, he, you know, from my perspective, I call him a mover and a shaker. He's, he's an influencer. He's, he's got multiple businesses, got stuff going on. You know, don't want to go back and you can go listen to the previous podcast if you want the backstory. But this is not atypical. And this is kind of where, where we're moving forward with this is it's not atypical what Brent's experienced, um, what I've experienced it's it's not a atypical for a, for a Western Christian um, who's sitting in a pew or sitting in a chair in a in a church listening to the pastor up on top. Um, this is a very very intimate um, relationship. And last week we talked really really briefly about the fact that you know some people have encounters inside of a church and with the church. Some people have encounters. Um, outside the church with with Jesus, and then some people have encounters, kind of have the do du- the dual encounter. Um, and I really want to say that that none of them are better than the other. It's just a question of um, a lot of times in 2023, when um, people have an experience with church, an experience with um, a lot of times they're getting all their information and all the things they want from other people's revelation. They get it from the place of here's the pastor, the pastor and there, and there may be elders in the church. There may be leaders inside the church that are, that are passing through information through their experience. But what we're really talking about on changed on this podcast right now is we're really talking about that intimate relationship, personal relationship that doesn't involve other people. There are other people that can affect that conversation as you go and you share your testimony, go and share your story. But it's really, what is Jesus saying to you? How is he communicating with you? And the best part, what do you do with it? Yeah. Because I, because I think that's, that's the challenge that we have when we, when we have this, have these conversations and what people think is that, you know, they hear from the Holy spirit they hear from Jesus. They believe that they they have an unction to do something and they never go do it because they don't really know how, why. Um, and so 
I wanted to talk with Brent today about like in his encounter, through his encounter, how it has changed him. And so, so really, um, so let's just, let's just lean in to that and say, let's start it. Let's start it. You know, you had encounter. We talked about that on the last podcast. Yeah. You were, you were in, in a process of, of being interviewed. You're in a process of being prayed for. You're in a pro- and then you, you know, you have this, this, you go home and, uh, I actually talked to my wife about this. This is really funny. My wife had an encounter and I, for, I totally forgot about this until we were talking about, we were talking about, about you and your story. And, and she said, do you remember that time I went to that conference and I went up and got prayed for, and I like cried for three days. And I'm like, I had totally forgot that she had had that experience, but she was like, she goes, I cried. She goes, I cried for three days. And when I finished crying, the world looked different. She goes, every, she like the, the sky was brighter. She said, and it had everything to do with her relationship, this encounter. Yeah. And it was, I was like, this is like, this is crazy. Cause I, I literally, it had happened 25 years ago. I hadn't, I completely forgot. It's her experience, not mine. So I, I just remember crying, going, laying in bed and she's just sitting there crying. I'm going, what are you crying about? Cause I don't know. I just love Jesus and I don't know. So, but, uh, so let's go, let's, let's go back to the, the, the night that you, that you go home and you, you feel things, you sense things changing. How did, how was that affecting your heart? Well, I'll be really honest. Like we got home and, um, we, I, I think I mentioned on the podcast last episode that, uh, our babysitter, um, she can see in this, well, we have a bunch, so I'm not like blowing the whistle on any of my babysitters here if they're not, you know, excited about telling the world about their spiritual gifting, but uh, one of them can see in the spirit. And, um, we were, we were just sitting there and, and there is this whole other, whole other testimony thing that happened. We were, we were at this, um, prophetic prayer night at some of our friends place that we called the barn. Um, it's a really fancy building where my buddy keeps his like really expensive show cars and they pull out the show cars and you know they put in you know like 100 chairs and then they just fill it up people come in and praise and worship jesus and it's it's awesome very cool and my wife got this prophetic word where um one of the ladies given the word um sell these like hearts and not like a dead heart but just something that was like something that was just not alive and it was unzipping and these red hearts were coming out of it well fast forward a couple weeks and we're driving back from wilmington going down to see my my grandma my dad's mom Mm -hmm. and uh, we're on 81 going north towards you know where we live in harrisonburg and Michelle and I are talking about some different things, you know, looking at trying to get into ministry together at some point in the future. And we're trying to, you know, get some of the um, material just to go through together. And Sozo we're really interested in because it's, it's fall, falls right in line with um, the whole love after marriage and spirit connect mm-hmm. curriculum. And it's really close to that because Sozo comes out of Bethel Church in California. And so does the love, love after marriage. And we, we like a lot of their stuff. And uh, we're on the website. And I mean, there's tons of books. And then all of a sudden there's this book and it's this image of this heart that's not alive, that's unzipping. And these red hearts are coming out of it. <laughs> well, we buy the book, obviously. Yeah. Um, that would be a so, check. Yeah. And so that book is sitting on our coffee table the night we get home from the initial 
uh, facilitation mm-hmm. for this uh, Spirit Connect training. It's the first night we were doing this. We volunteered to get facilitated for anyone that's just coming into this episode. This is where the, that this was what catalyzed this transformation. And I was just willing to get rid of something that I didn't even realize that was on me until we were in the facilitation and it was starting to like give pushback. And it was basically like, you don't want to get rid of me kind of uh, communicating to me. It was really, really uh, scary stuff. And then I was like, yep, definitely want to get rid of that. And and so uh, we prayed for that to leave and then, you know, <clears throat> go back to the other podcast to hear all the details there. So we're, we're back now at our house and we can put words to what it was because it's in the book. There's other people that have dealt with other things and had testimony about mm-hmm. things that they got rid of. And they actually had names for these different things. And it was actually like a type of like witchcraft, like thinking that um, I had power over people in like uh, – business type of settings, mm-hmm. um, convincing people to buy things, you know, sales. I've, I've been to sales, you know, my, my, my working career almost, I mean, I've done construction, I've done some other things, but in some capacity, I've done a lot of sales <clears throat> and it's helped me. And, um, part of it comes from this space of childhood pain where, um, I got really embarrassed as a six-year-old, seven-year-old kid. I think I was six, six years old. I was in first grade. And, um, uh, this, uh, that this could be a whole episode all on its own. So I'm not going to tell the story right now. I'll save this for another time. Maybe Michael, if you're willing to come back on, we can talk about this on another episode, but basically I told myself, I made promises and uh, covenants with myself that I was never going to let people like make fun of me again. I was going to be successful. I was going to be attractive. I was going to be all these things. I was going to be, uh, someone that people wouldn't be friends with. I was going to be a person of influence. I, I basically told myself all these things. Yeah. And then, and then that, that opened the door to all kinds of things because I, you know, if God wasn't going to give it to me, well, whoever was going to give it to me can give it to me. And, and, and I didn't understand it at that point, but that's where I opened the door to these things. And I wasn't even aware that I even did this until we were in the facilitation and I was able to get these images. These memories came flooding back to me from Holy Spirit on like, hey, I made these agreements. <clears throat> and then it was clear. Anyway, so Michelle's flipping through this book that's on our coffee table that's got the hearts on it, you know, prophetic word I just mentioned. Yeah. So so, so this is all kind of working together here. And so we were able to call it by what it was and pray it out. And, and we did that. So fast forward some more, go to sleep. And then I get woken up by this, this weird situation. You know, I said, my, my, my dog doesn't usually like to get me up in the middle of the night. And she did like three times in the span of about 45 minutes. And then I had this like coursing pain that was going through me at that point. And then we, we had to pray this stuff out and long story short, that whole next day I got to just praise the Lord for, for this freedom. Granted, I was in a lot of pain, <laughs> physical pain, physical pain right. but, but you know, I think it's just so awesome because it's at the end of the day, I was able to give him praise due to the fact that I'd gotten victory over something that I didn't even realize was something that was attached to me for as long as it was. And there's a whole bunch of science that goes into this too. And I actually, someone just told me about this book, this Christian neuroscientist actually talks about how like neurological pathways change when you, um, when you have some type of deliverance and there's actual stuff that backs all this up, which is really fascinating. But not only that, but if you think of the actual feeling of like pain that I had, and I start to think, you know, if something was like occupying 
me for a long time. And then all of a sudden it's, it's like ripped out of me and gone. It's really interesting. You look at it at the atomic level and I'm not that this is really the place to get into like, you know, talking about quantum mechanics here, but basically, you know, atoms are like 90 couple percent empty space. You know, you look at the, 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 the bare bones of how everything's created. And I love thinking about this stuff and just thinking about how awesome and big God is, but it's not hard to really imagine like every single thing is created of atoms at the smallest level. And if everything is created of atoms and atoms are primarily 90% empty space, wasn't well, it not that hard to believe that that space can be occupied by something mm -hmm. spiritual? Yeah. I mean, it's just, and people don't, don't ever want to like slow down and really like actually look at science and look at how we're created our physical bodies, but also like, you know, this camera, like this is solid, right? Like mm -hmm. my hand can't pass through it, but yet it, they're both all made out of atoms, mostly right. empty space. Why can't my, you know, like I, I, you think about this stuff and these energy fields that hold everything together. It's like, well, it's, it's like a beautiful explanation for there being a God and mm -hmm. controlling and binding us all together and all the different things. And, and there's just so much there. Um, so I'm going to digress <laughs> and, and kind of go back to the fruit of what came out of mm -hmm. this transformation, this deliverance. Yeah. And I'll, I'll start just going through a list. So one of the things I got in the facilitation the night before I got, you know, this, one of the girls that was like praying for me, she saw this, this, um, this image of something that had to do with something totally not related, but definitely related. I'm going to explain that here now. Mm -hmm. So I was addicted to energy drinks. And when I say addicted to energy drinks, I was having around a thousand milligrams of caffeine a day at this point. <clears throat> and I usually do a caffeine fast once a year, but every time I get up to that point where I'm doing a caffeine fast, I, I, I'm not having healthy levels of caffeine. I'm having way above um, what, what a typical person should be having. And so all of a sudden this image that she got was actually the favorite flavor of energy drinks. And I, I, I didn't put two and two together when, when we were in this facilitation, but at like 5 AM the next day, after I'd gone through all this like spiritual warfare the night before I hear clear as day, I want you to give up drinking energy drinks. This was one of the first things. And I was like, okay. And you know what? I didn't have any headaches which, you know, you go from drinking a thousand milligrams of caffeine a day to like yeah. zero cold Turkey. People have like, they can sometimes get headaches. And I, I, I've had that before doing caffeine fasts. Mm -hmm. I didn't have any. And, um, so I haven't had energy drinks since then. And now we're, we're going, you know, September 6th today. And, uh, that's, that's pretty awesome. That's and, uh, that's amazing. Cause I know how many energy drinks you drink. Yeah. We'd be on calls, you know, in our discipleship group and I'm, you know, pound in a bang, which is 300 milligrams just right there, you know? And, um, it, and it's just, it's crazy. And that's at like, what, like one in the afternoon. <laughs> yeah. And so, I, but I haven't had those. And, that's um, very cool. So, so that, that, that's one thing. Another thing. So I think subconsciously I had harbored some stuff on my parents that prevented us from having a really great relationship. And, and I'm still actually praying into some of this stuff and figuring out some of this stuff now. But what's really interesting is that since I was a kid, I haven't been able to have a really great visit with them for more than about 20 minutes. Usually something happens where I get tipped off, aggravated, annoyed, something. And I'm just, I love my parents, but it's just something would definitely spiritual would just well up inside me and I just couldn't handle it. I was just like, look, you know, I love you all. We, we, you know, we got stuff going on, got to go. Well, about three, four days, it was the Sunday. This was on a Thursday. 
um, evening, I guess this, this took place. So on Sunday, a couple of days later, I went up my, my wife, she dropped uh, my son and I off at my parents' house. I stayed up there for four hours. It was the best visit I've had with them since I was a child. Didn't get, didn't get annoyed with anything that they were doing. It wasn't like when I say these things, I'm, I'm downplaying this mm-hmm. like significantly. It was, it, it was a very significant thing. It has affected our my relationship with my parents for years. I'm 35. It was a spirit of oppression. There was a, yeah. an oppression. It's like you'd get into that space and you'd, you'd get irritable. And oh, you'd, be, you'd be looking, you'd be looking for any little thing to, uh, to set you off so you could get out of the situation. Oh, totally. And they're awesome people. I mean, there's yeah. some of the, I mean, they're, they're, yeah, they're I mean, it's, it, 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 to, to, to those out there who, to, who haven't had this experience, it, it's really, it's kind of odd because you could be around like, like some, some great people and, and there's just something about them. And I, and I'm just saying this from my, from my experience, there's just something about them that is oppressive. There's something that you you don't look at them clearly. You don't look at the relationship clearly, because there's there's like a wall between there, and it's like they are almost like I I likened it to they're covered in something nasty. Yeah. Okay. Like when I get so when I get in their presence, I'm like sensing all this nastiness, and there's nothing nasty about them. Yeah. It's really it's really from our perspective we're looking at it, and so when that gets broken off, suddenly you go. They're, they're actually super cool people and they're awesome people. And this has been my, my deal that I've been, I've been holding on to or I've been dealing with. Um, so yeah, so it's just, just to give a little, little explanation. If you've never experienced that is, is that it's it, cause it, it sounds really weird, especially when you, when Brent's talking about his parent, that being his parents. Yeah, it's, totally. But, but the, these things happen. So one of the biggest, most obvious things that I think um, changed for me personally that I could sense, and then I'm going to talk about the thing, one of the main things that I think Michelle noticed Mm -hmm. was anxiety being gone. Um, I just, I had this anxiety that was connected to these agreements I made with myself when I was a young kid, Mm because I took on all this extra responsibility of, I'm not, I'm not going to be the reason why I'm not, you know, I'll just call it successful because that's what I've always called it my whole mm-hmm. life. But really that encompasses a lot of things. Right. Yeah. And, and so for me, I was just like, I'm just, I never had enough. I, it doesn't matter how much revenue, you know, we could generate as a household, you know, it, it just, it didn't matter. Um, didn't matter how many, <laughs> how many things we had going for us. And I'll just kind of leave it at that because other, you know, there's, there's, there's a lot of things that we, we could talk about here, but essentially it was just never going to be enough. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't have anything against having big goals and chasing after goals and dreams and those things. I I still, I still have goals and dreams of my own. And I I believe God gave me those dreams, But, but there's a difference between being anxious and just stressed out all the time. And it is just not healthy. And that there's the difference between that and going after goals and things of that nature. And so I just, I haven't felt that since then. It just lifted. And that was like a thousand pounds gone. And then um, I, as an adult, got, um, I, I always thought that I had ADHD like my whole life or at least some type of like learning disability. I wouldn't really talk about this with, with many people. In fact, this is kind of like a, a literal broadcast of, of me actually talking about this. But comprehension on certain things was tough. 
And it was because I was always focused on other things, which, you know, I eventually got tested and, you know, took this 500 question test, you know, went to a neurologist, did all this stuff. Mm -hmm. and, and they gave me Ritalin. They gave me all the, all the, you know, I cycled through all these drugs that I wouldn't touch it. No, nothing would like handle this for me. And, um, one of the big things that I told Michelle, like after a couple of days afterwards, I'm just like, I don't have this, like these like voices competing for my attention. It's not like they're streaming over each other anymore. Like I could actually just be calm and like quiet what's going on, uh, upstairs. And yeah. I'd never had the ability to do that. It was just like constantly like thoughts competing for my attention all the time. Yeah. And I couldn't ever quite it. And so like in school, I mean, I wasn't like failing and getting C's and D's and F's and, but I, ABC student, uh, you know, but I, I, I wonder, you know, how much did that impact my, my learning ability when I was younger and comprehension on certain things, because I'm just so distracted all the time. Well, now I don't, I don't necessarily feel, uh, all of that anymore. I mean, there's, there's a portion of it where I'm like, okay, well, I still have like ideas that like pop into my head, like quick, like often, but I can, I can be like, okay, take a note on that. All right. Get it out of my head. Now it's gone. Like I'm going to, I'm going to like focus on what I'm, what I'm doing before stuff would pop into my brain, but then three more things would pop into my brain. I couldn't get them to go away. Right. <laughs> So it, so that is a significant change. And, and then Michelle, I think notices that too, because we can, um, go through conversation and I'm not constantly like, Hey, I got to tell you what I'm thinking about. Or I'm going to forget it. Mm -hmm. and, and I can actually let her talk. <laughs> and for the longest time, I just thought, Hey, you know, God made me like this. And, 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 and yes, there's some qualities that he gave me that are unique to me. Yes. But like yeah. the ability to just not suppress my wife in conversation. Yeah. I think that that's significant <laughs> being able just to like, Hey, you, you, well, let's have a normal conversation. I don't just need to like butt in whenever I feel like I got this great thought. Mm -hmm. you know, I can, I can hold on to it and then communicate it at the appropriate time. Um, it's interesting. Yeah. It, so, it is. so, so let me, so let's, so. So I asked, I asked a specific question and here's what we talked about. And this is all, this is, this is beautiful. Cause I want, I want to, I want to, I want to, we're going to wrap this up in the next few minutes, but I want to kind of tie this all together. Sure. So the question that I asked was, how was your heart change? Mm. Okay. So here's, so, but here's, but here's, but here's, here's, here's what you, here's how you communicate it. Here's what you communicate. You communicated that you had stuff. You had a lot of stuff on you. You had a lot of stuff. You had, you had some oppression in relationships. You had some, you had some, uh, you had some distraction issues. You had things that, so, so what I want to communicate is that God deals with our stuff. God deals with the stuff to get to the heart. Because if you, if God doesn't deal with the stuff, he doesn't get to the heart because all these things that are going around us peripherally, whether it be distraction, whether it be ADHD, whether it be busyness, whatever these things are that, that the enemy throws at us and the enemy has, has distracted us for maybe even our entire life. When you get set free, when you have that encounter and those things fall away and the dust settles, then love can prevail. 
Because, because the goal of our, of our transformation, the goal of our encounters with Jesus is, is love. To help us love better. To help us love more like Jesus. Yeah. Help us become more like Jesus. And it's a journey. And it's a journey. And that's why I want that's what that's what I wanted to I wanted to emphasize on today's episode is that not everybody has Brent's story. Oh yeah. But everybody has a story. Yeah. Everybody has stuff. And when you have stuff stuff that is distracting stuff that is keeping you from having intimate relationship with Jesus. James four, eight says, draw close to God and he'll draw close to you. That's pivotal in this space. And I want to say something else. I want to say this. I haven't said this to Brent. I'm going to say this to him straight up at this, at this moment. Cause it's, you know, you talked about, you were, you're talking, you know, theoretically about atoms in the space and all the gaps and all those things. Yeah. And when those things are full of stuff, okay. When that stuff gets removed. Okay. So the junk, the mess, a lot of the mess gets removed. Okay. That creates a power vacuum. Okay. And that power vacuum needs to be filled with Jesus. Oh yeah. Yes. And he, he's there filling it. But in that yeah. process, in that process, because there's a process of healing that's going on. And in that process of healing, as we're going through that, we have to allow Jesus into those spaces because what we don't want to have happen is we don't want to have just another mess go back into that space. <laughs> no. So, so when we yield to Jesus, and this is, this is just the final thought. When we yield to Jesus in this space, just like you're doing, Brent, you know, and we're, and actually we're going to have, we're, we have to have another episode because there's, there's, there's a very, very pivotal question that I need to ask. And so I want everybody to hear it. But what really comes down to is in the journey that you're on now, there becomes daily choices, weekly choices, moment to moment choices of what you're going to allow into your space. Yeah, it's true. When, when we have to make those decisions, those daily, those moment to moment decisions, that's when we have to get back to Romans 12 too, where it says, do not conform to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And we get that through scripture. We get that through prayer. We get that. So here, so here's, here's what I want to leave us with is the experience is amazing. The experience is good, but in that space, in that space, we can, um, we can come into a deepening relationship with Jesus as we allow scripture, as we meditate on scripture, allow it to transform us. So we fill those spaces with Christ. Yeah. Those are, and those become some of the toughest decisions of our life because the world wants us to fill it with everything else. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 
<laughs> we may have to jump on another episode and talk about that then because there's so much that um uh, and I've told you some of it off off microphone, but there's just so much stuff. And since since May 31st, since June 1st, you know, there's been a lot of stuff that I've put down um, mm -hmm. just from like a work um, work perspective. And, and, mm -hmm. I'm, and I'm still doing things, but it's just it looks very different now. And I was already striving towards cutting stuff out of my life at that point once I got to May 31st. But I just hit the pause button on one of our businesses altogether and um, took a break from another one for about four weeks. And then there's another couple things that I haven't really done a whole lot for <laughs> since then. And I'm just letting um, obedience be the number one thing for me right now. How, how can I be most obedient and, and go where, where he's leading me in this moment and trusting him. Yeah. And um, there's, there's so much there too, but it's, it's, it's hearing his yeah. voice. And I, yeah. and I know, you know, again, off mic, we've talked about this a lot is, is it's about, it's about discerning the voice of God It's discerning the spirit and what we're supposed to do and how we're supposed to do it. And that can be very, very difficult because there's so much noise. There's so much noise and there's so much, so much distraction. And sometimes, sometimes we think, we think we're hearing God and we're not. And the only way we can do that is to test it. And people, a lot of times, and I tell us to entrepreneurs all the time. And it's really funny because entrepreneurs, most entrepreneurs I know are not afraid of failure. Like they fail. They've already, they know they've already failed. They've already had issues. So I tell them in the spiritual realm, treat, treat your spiritual discernment. Like you're an entrepreneur is go for it and miss, go for it and go. That was not God at all. So you learned what God is not saying. So you can then move into what God is saying, because if we just sit stagnant and don't ever move with what we believe God's telling us or God's showing us, then we're doing a disservice to the people around us because there may be something that, that we need to do that sounds absolutely crazy. I think for people that want to hear God better, there's so many resources. I mean, you've told me about a couple um, and that have been phenomenal. I've, I, I just got done reading one. Mm -hmm. that was just helped me out from a real actionable, yeah. um, actionable perspective. Dallas Willard's hearing God, mm -hmm. man, so good. I mean, Pete Gregg, um, you know, you told me, you've given me so many recommendations off him and some of his stuff is so good. But like, if people want to be able to hear God more, I, I think that it's not that God loves certain people more than others. Cause I know that that's not true. It's yeah. just that people have to chase after him too. They have to, they have to love him enough to say, you know what, I'm going to prioritize him and I'm going to chase after him as well. And that's what I feel like God's met me so powerfully, but it's also, I do believe a response to how we've chased after him this whole last year, diving into some of the things that we've done, sacrificing the time, you know, when you've got young kids and you're trying to do stuff, but all of a sudden you make time for God. I mean, that's tough, but God honors that and he honors it in a huge way. And <laughs> I don't know, there's just so much there. And, and I'm not, I'm not saying that it's easy and I'm not yeah. saying, you know, but, but it's, it's something that I, you know, I, if we went and asked Michelle right now, she'd be, she she would absolutely uh, absolutely agree with me. It's one hundred percent worth it. All the things that we've done absolutely. to be able to to solidify this time with the mm -hmm. father 
and just get to know him better, um, hear from Holy Spirit more and bring Jesus into what we're, how we're, how we're living our daily lives. That's, that's probably one of the most important things that we've done. It is the most important thing that we've done as a married couple. Yeah. It's, it's seeking first the kingdom. Okay. It's putting Jesus first in everything that we do and everything. And that's, and that's in 2023 in the Western church, that's not something that we like to compartmentalize Jesus. Some of us. Um, but when you, you don't put Jesus in a box, put Jesus in, put Jesus into the, your everyday life so that seek first the kingdom. And then you come back into living a lifestyle of James four, eight of drawing close to God. You know, I, I spent most of my, I spent most of my adult life just, you know, living how I wanted to live and going to church and, and just saying, yeah, I'm a Christian cause I prayed the prayer and I'm good. <laughs> and, um, <clears throat> You know, I have a little helping of Jesus when it's convenient for me. You know, Sunday mornings, sometimes it's not even convenient Sunday mornings, but, you know, whenever I get around to it, it's fine. And and that's just, <clears throat> that's just tough. Like, that's that's tough to have a relationship with anybody, like, if you were to treat them like that. Could you imagine trying to treat your wife like that? You know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's just not, it's not, it's not possible. But when you, when you put, you know, God on the pedestal that he deserves, <laughs> then it allows so much space to open up where, you know, he can come in and fill that space and, and, right. and it just benefits you more than you can ever know. And I know that, you know, that, but you know, you know for... the, the, the biggest thing I can, that I can, that I can tell people um, in, in light of the conversation that we're having is, you know, some of the hardest times that I've had with Jesus is in a space of listening prayer. And listening prayers is literally where you go, separate yourself, shut off the phone, shut off having you set aside however much time. The last time I did it, that I did listening prayer was a few months ago, and I literally went away for a weekend. I went to a, I went to a, uh, uh, it's a monastery. It's a, for me, it, it was a monastery. I was going to say it was a monastery. It was a monastery. It was like, it was like just a, I mean, I had a cell that I slept in and it was beautiful. I mean, it's just this little, very simple, no TV, no nothing. There's nobody for five miles around me and being alone in that space, alone by yourself in that it was just you and God is tough because he, he wants, if you ask him, he'll show you stuff. And, and, I, think, so and I think, that, I think that's the place, that's the place we're at when we're looking at the other things that we're looking to have our space filled. And I think this is really kind of this changed maybe this is going to be the kind of the mantra of it is, is that this change space is filling, filling, filling the bad stuff that gets removed with Jesus. Yeah. Filling that space, filling your space with Jesus, make room for Jesus. Let him saturate everything that you do. Let Jesus just permeate everything that you do to just give him glory. And it will, uh, it, it'll be so transformative to everybody. So, well, hey, we're wrapping up. Yeah, uh, really appreciate y'all being here, Brent. Awesome to chat with you today. Um, um, I mean, likewise, I'm in. I'm in the place of saying, hey, I think we should. I, I probably have another three, <laughs> three or four of these just with our conversation. But, um, but yeah. So, guys, uh, this is a change podcast. We really, really uh, appreciate any feedback. Really appreciate. Um, you lending your story, share your story um, with us. 
And um, we're just it's we're not just ready yet, Michael. But I am going to have a a, a web page where people can go. It's and if they have something to where they want to share or they have a testimony that they want to come on the on the show, they can fill out. Um, it's like a type form essentially. Right. So um, we'll have. It's coming. Yeah, it's coming. So that's 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 in the works now. This is all this is all a work in progress. Yep. This is this is episode two. So this will be an ongoing uh, conversation. So just let me, I'll just pray us out if that's okay. Let's do it. Well, Father God, we are just so thankful. Um, I'm so thankful for technology, Lord, to be able to uh, have Brent and I in other parts of the country and just communicate and lift you up and have glory be just, uh, just manifest. And uh, I'm thankful for this conversation. I'm thankful for the work that you're doing in Brent's life and the life of his family. And I just, uh, I just pray, Lord God, that uh, everything that we say and do be edifying unto you. And that uh, I just, just press pause just for a moment, just to give you glory, to give you honor, and to give you praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks, Michael. So See good. you soon. See you soon. Awesome. Well, I think...